You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. Welcome to the 602 Club, Trek FM's local watering hole. So excited to be here tonight as we have finally gotten to the last page of instructions. We are ready to put the cap on that castle here in Legoland. And with me, as she is almost every single week, the one and only Christy Morris. How's it going, Christy? I'm back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> As my boss says, you came back again. <laughs> did you ever see um, Kid History? They did that that Star Wars video. No. Okay. So everybody, I want you to stop what you're doing. Search Kid History Star Wars and watch that. There's So Kid History is where the adults act out the kids telling the story. So the adults are acting out with and 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 mimicking their voices, not well, not mimicking, but mouthing mm-hmm. the words As that the kids, the kids said. So it's really funny. And there's a moment oh, that's where Luke be Skywalker sticky. sits back down in the cantina is like, "I came back. I'm right here. <laughs> I came back." It's just anyway. So that's what I always think of when somebody says, "I'm back. I'm I I came back. I'm right I here. came back." Yeah. So, no, it's great to have you back. So, um, and and for everybody who doesn't know, and I think it's important maybe to share, but you do have Crohn's disease. And so every once in a while it acts up and sometimes that might keep you from being able to record all the time. So, um, are you feeling better? Yes, I am. Thank you. Um, yeah, sometimes lately, um, I have gotten blockages, which I'm sure people even with IBS can experience. And, it just, you know, causes a lot of pain and needing to lay down. And it's hard to podcast when you're laying down. Yeah, it's very true. It's well, it's <laughs> I hard would to if focus, I'm sure, when your stomach feels like it's a knots. Yeah, but thanks. <laughs> but I'm doing better today. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're so glad that, that you're feeling better and, and glad to have you back. Um, of course, you know, before we dive in, we're going to be talking about, I think everybody probably got it from the beginning, but we're going to be talking about the Lego Movie 2, the second part. And before we do that, uh, just remember, of course, you can find uh, the 602 Club all over the place. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to the 602 Club. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, do help us out. Give us a star rating review. It helps people find the show. It helps the show grow. We really appreciate it. We've gotten some reviews lately, uh, which we called out uh, two weeks ago. So we really appreciate people uh, coming in and giving us those star ratings reviews. Of course, you can find us on social media all over the place, trek.fm online you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash trek fm we've got uh twitter at trek fm and maybe you would like to talk to listeners from all around the world who listen to trek fm we have a listeners only discussion group on facebook it's called the babel conference the way to get there is go to the search field on facebook and type in babel or if you're on the website at trek.fm any of the show pages that you'll see there's a little button that says discussion you can click that and that would bring you over there and then last but not least maybe you would like to you know, send us an email. Christy and I would love to get an email from you. And the best way to do that is to go to 
trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, choose the 602 Club, and then that will come to Christy and I. Whew. All of that said, um, I kind of wonder, just general impressions, like when you were coming out of um, the Lego Movie 2, what was something that just, uh, was there anything that like really stood out to you? Just was there anything about this one? Were you coming out positive, negative? What do you think? I was coming out positive. I I, I feel like that that Lord and Miller, in a way, uh, still didn't learn as much about the um, telling more of the story early on in the movie, but I still loved where it ended up. and especially with having a little sister of my own and, be, you know, experiencing that whole thing of um, them wanting to play with you and being a little bit younger than me, my sister's four and a half years younger. I was always worried that she was going to break my stuff or that she and I wouldn't like the same thing. So how could we play together? So it, it was a really good point that I hope that maybe our niece and nephew took away from it, too. Yeah, no, I I, I came away from it, I think, pretty positive as well. Um Part of it, I think, was that the movie, it felt, it was very funny. And there were there were a lot mm-hmm. of jokes in the movie that were, um, you know, definitely there for the adults, which was great. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, you know, just some things that they reference. And uh, yeah, I just, I came away from the movie in, in a pretty positive light. And I think the, one of the things that I really took away from that was that sense of brothers and sisters because I have a little sister. And, oh, so we both do. Yeah. And, you know, that that's my only sibling. And as we were going up, you know, I mentioned before uh, on our, you know, Lego movie podcast where I would just sit there and play with my Legos all the time. You know, um, well, my sister, if she was ever really angry with me, would go into my room and kick all of my Legos. So oh. she would destroy everything that I had built. And then, of course, I couldn't really retaliate because if I hit my sister, I would get in trouble because, yeah, you don't hit girls. Um, and I would get in even more trouble if I hit my sister. So, uh, yeah, it was just like I can really I think one of the things that they did really well in this movie was kind of capture that sibling frustration, you know, when you have a younger sibling and things just aren't really completely going according to the way you would want in the relationship and just the frustration of you know my sister and I were pretty close as kids but still there were those things that like they get it on your nerves and they're annoying or they're mean you know like all of those things I felt like this movie kind of played on that really well and 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 I think you're right. I think it it kind of shows a good message for anyone watching it, you know, with with younger siblings specifically, um, and or older siblings, is that you know we can come together, we can find common ground, you know, and that's really the, mm-hmm. the I liked that you know for them the common ground had been Legos when they were kids, you know, and as they got older that kind of started to they kind of started to separate in that um but the the but that the best place to start is to find some common ground together right and that everything doesn't have to be so rigid i think was the word i used last time that you know um i feel like um finn 
really wants everything to be a certain way, kind of like his dad. You know, he's already got the city planned out. He knows what he wants um, Emmett and Wildstyle to do together. And it's like, you know, you're thinking, oh, Emmett's finally saved the day. And now they're going to get to go on other adventures and not be so worried about president business destroying everything. And and then comes in the little sister who you can tell by the voicing difference of the characters being more like a baby. Like she's a lot younger, maybe two or three years old, um, coming in and crashing everything. And, you know, what she considers fun is tearing apart everything he's built. And he hates that. I mean, I think anybody would, but he does eventually figure out how they can play together and still both enjoy each other's company. Yeah. I I love that. We are from planet Duplo and we are here to destroy your world. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, that was And then even when he extends the olive branch, she goes more and destroys everything. Um, Yeah, I know. You know, I think, I think that is one of the things that was, um, it was just really sweet about the movie. And I, I think the movie just does a great job of, gosh, if you have a brother or a sister that's younger than you specifically, I think, you know, you can really relate to this movie. Um, and at the same time, if you are the younger, I think you can really relate to this movie if you have mm-hmm. older siblings, you know. And so I think there's a, it's really nice to see a movie that's kind of about that. And, you know, I I thought it was interesting because, you know, one of the things that we get is the movie is, is really about that process of, of growing up and what it means and what it looks like to grow up. And the struggle of that, especially with how it relates to how you deal with your family, because as you start to try and branch out and find yourself you know, who you are as a person, um, that can bring a whole different aspect to the relationship. And specifically here, you know, Finn's trying to kind of become older, be cooler, you know, all of those things. And and all of that has an impact on the way that he views his sister and views the, you know, I guess the games they used to play. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was really important because there's a sense where this this movie kind of, it, it seems to be saying just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you have to lose the ability to, it doesn't mean like you have to be moody and despair. And like, I just, I really appreciated that this ha- has a really good message about like what it means to, to try and grow up and deal with the disappointments and frustrations and hardships that can kind of chip away at the hope we have as kids and mm-hmm. we kind of lose that sense of wonder and excitement about all that stuff and and then realize that you know it is okay for everything to not be awesome all the time but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't kind of like work towards you know believing that things can be better right and i mean i feel like you see that the most when it's Emmett and rex confronting each other in the Undar system of Dryar. Um, <laughs> I love the jokes about the names of things. But it seems like he's in this hurry to grow up, which you see in Rex, that he thinks that the things he used to like are lame and or that maybe his friends will think that that's lame and he needs to have different hair and be trying to grow a beard already at, you know, 
like 11 years old and change his clothes and, you know, do everything to try and be cooler and look older. And then he realizes maybe that he doesn't have to do that and that who he is right now is okay. And that growing up takes time. It doesn't have to be right away. Um, and, and that like you're saying, Matt, you know, maybe the, the childish wonder and the being able to play and have an imagination um, is something that he realized he should hold on to longer and continue to build with his sister. You know, I mean, it, I think that it really gets emotional when she has that look on her face when she's sitting on her bed alone. Like, I just wanted him to let me into his world because I look up to him. Yeah. No, because it it is interesting. I love with, you know, Rex and with Lucy, we get two different sides of this whole idea of like what it means to like try and grow up. And, And, you know, both Rex and Lucy are kind of doing the same things. They've always kind of, I mean, they become people that kind of push other people away. They only really rely on themselves. They, Mm -hmm. you know, um, they're all about like being really cool and everything. And in their work to shy away from and reject conformity, you know, towards like certain types of pop music or Mm -hmm. anything like that, They've actually just conformed to a different type of conformity. So you just went from liking, you know, Taylor Swift to Radiohead. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but because one thing isn't cool anymore with a certain segment of the population that it, like it used to be, you know? And mm-hmm. and what I kind of thought was interesting is I, I feel like in some ways, and I don't think the movie completely plays out this theme as well as I would like it to, what it does seem to be saying is you trying to live your life by what other people think is cool um, is never going to bring you true happiness. Absolutely. And so, you know, we see that in the end with Finn because he's not really happy like him and his sister are fighting all the time and, and, you know, what's, what's interesting is the thing they're fighting over is the thing they're going to lose because their mother's going to take it away because she's tired of them fighting over it. And, you know, I just I just thought that was really an interesting aspect of the movie that his fighting trying to be like a different, cooler version of what he thinks people like his age are supposed to be are, are I, in some ways, I don't know. There's there's It's hard because it's not really as well done as I want it to be. So it's not quite as cut and dry, but I think that that it's somewhat there. And I like that they at least tried to do that. Yeah. It, I think it was especially important that they had this kind of continuation of the family message too, because in the first movie, I think it was really great that it ended up being a story about a father and son And then they did sort of tease at the end that it could be next about him and his sister, but you didn't know for sure. And then now it comes back in, but in a really creative way. Um, And and I feel like exactly like what you're saying, it it has multiple messages and that it's, um, it's okay to, to take your time and to spend time with your family and um, to have this relationship where you're able to 
get along or else your toys get taken away. There's this there's this thing that happens as we grow up that they you know I feel like we especially in western culture we kind of get driven away from our families and I think there's a real sadness in that um because we're we're told like to be family person isn't cool you know mm-hmm. and it's just not what you know that that's just not what people do and I I liked here that Finn and his sister are kind of able to let that go in the end. And, you know, when he, when she says to him, like, I, I only wanted you, you know, to play with me because you're my inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's a, <laughs> it's hard to not have, even if you're a cold hearted brother at that point, cause you're mad. It's kind of hard to, to not want to reciprocate that emotion. And I, I really appreciated that they they went there with this movie because I, I think it's something that's truly important to remember. Like, because these are the people that, you know, family are the people that you can't buy, you know? Like, they're the people yeah. you're born with and um, hopefully uh, they'll be the people that are there by your side the whole time like nobody else and you know not everybody gets that but um to just reject it out of hand um and and to kind of take away that gift from yourself is is silly and that's what i love Mm -hmm. that we kind of see you know rex as a character kind of do juxtaposed against Emmett. you know um Mm -hmm. him and i i think it was interesting too because you know Rex becomes that character because there are people in his his life that have kind of pushed him towards being that. You know, Emmett has been told, well, he's not this and that, and people would like him better if he was more tough, you know? And right. So I, I think it, it really just goes to show that we have to be very careful, you know, as we're raising our kids, what we tell them that they should be and what they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And... Because it can it can make a huge impact on um, their psyche, you know, and it can make a huge impact on then even like we were talking about the way they treat their brothers and sisters and those kind of things. And so um, I think that that was one of the things that I feel like, again, there's a lot of little things here. I don't always feel like they kind of like coalesce the way I would want. Um, as themes, but I do mm-hmm. feel like there there's a lot of things they are saying, um, and I'm I appreciate that a movie is trying to say these kind of things, right? And that it's not just the surface level of anti conformity and music and you know bright colors that it's got a deeper message to it at the end. I think is really great and relatable. I mean, you know. Uh, obviously not everybody even has siblings Some people are only children, but, um, I think that a lot of people have been in this situation and can sympathize and, and maybe even realize maybe I should have handled this differently, or maybe now I should work on my relationship with my siblings. Um, I, I just think that it has a, like you're saying a lot of different things you can take from it, but all positive and mm-hmm. nice, honestly, that a kid's movie is getting these kind of messages in there. 
Well, and I, I think the the biggest message that I really appreciated was the one, of, I mean, it's at the very end where they sing the song, Everything's Not Awesome. Right. You know, and that, and the, I really liked the lyrics of the song because it says, you know, everything's not awesome. Things can't be awesome all the time. It's not a rea- realistic expectation, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to make everything awesome in a less likely unrealistic kind of way we should maybe (laughs) aim for not bad because not bad well that would be pretty great and just like i think that i think kind of part of that reminds me of you know we tell kids that they can do whatever they want to do that they whatever they put their minds to that's a really huge expectation to put on kids you know and it's mm-hmm. an unrealistic one, and it's not a true one. You really can't do anything that you put your mind to, you know. Like that's true. That's just that's just not the way the world works. So, and and I think it's like that that whole rosy everything is awesome kind of message. And I think this movie kind of brings it back down to reality, which is to say, look, everything's not always going to be awesome. Everything's not going to always be great. You're not ever always going to be great at everything. Mm-hmm. But you know. I think that means that then we can like focus on, okay, let's cultivate in you what you are really good at, you know, like because everybody is unique and different in those ways and has those gifts that they've been given and cultivating what you are really good at and then finding out how to use that is the most important thing in life, not the I can do whatever it is I want to do and then, you know, like, yeah, I you know, it, it's like I remember in um, in the movie Lady Bird where she's like, um, I really want to I, I think I want to be a math prodigy. Um, but you have really bad grades in math. You know, it's <laughs> like you you can't <laughs> you can't, you can't have... just decide sometimes that you're going to be good at this thing because mm-hmm. that just may not be one of your gifts. Right. And it's OK. It's certainly not mine. Too, to remember in life that that everything isn't always going to be awesome because I think that's a really good expectation for us to set. Like it, it's kind of the classic saying, well, life's not fair. You know, we, we do right. need to remember those things. Um, and well, I think when we people in- ask you how you're doing and we always say fine or great, how are you? It, it's a, a simple answer to not really give much information when mm-hmm. maybe you're not great. And, and that's kind of hard even, you know, it's good, I guess, that you mentioned um, I deal with Crohn's disease and people think sometimes just because they don't know much about it, that it's like an illness that I caught and it's going to go away in a week. And so they'll say, are you better this week? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm better than I was the other day when it was really bad. But I mean, I'm never going to be totally 100% again, because I have this chronic illness it means it is forever (laughs) yeah i mean and i i think i think that you know but the the thing i did really like about this movie is kind of that it does help kind of set realistic expectations for life Mm -hmm. um and and i think they did that pretty decently in the movie um i really appreciated (laughs) those those messages because i do think that it's something that i think it isn't great for us to continually feed kids messages that everything is awesome and you can be whatever it is you want to be and all of these things that 
kind of set these these standards that could never be reached, you know, and then, you know, it is depressing. Right. Life does get depressing, you know, when that doesn't happen. And yeah, you did want to just listen to Radiohead and eat ice cream all day, you know, like, <laughs> so I, it is, it's good that they've, they found a way to kind of work that in. I think that's a good thing for then parents and kids to be able to talk through together. Yeah. I kind of wanted to know, you know, we talked a little bit about the Rex character. <laughs> what did you end up thinking about him in the movie um, and the twist that they give that I'm pretty sure most people that are adults figured out? Well, thanks for <laughs> making me feel dumb because I didn't. I, uh, I I thought it was interesting that they made it, you know, that it was actually Emmett from the future. I, I didn't see the future part coming um but i did expect something was amiss because the outfits were so similar um you know maybe it was evil twin or something but it was a um a really interesting way to go about talking about growing up and putting it right in front of him making him confront his problems basically i like that and I mean, it, you know, when they first introduce Rex, you think actually it's a totally different character that's come to rescue Emmett from a bad situation and that, you know, Rex has Emmett's best interest in mind and they're going to prevent our Armageddon from happening together. And then you end up finding out that all along he was just wanting to destroy everything and that it was actually the little sister that wanted things to work together. So I, I like that aspect of it and um, didn't see it coming personally, but I guess you did. No, I mean, I, I, I just figured out that somehow that they were probably the same character in some way. I didn't know it was going to involve time travel, um, okay. which, I, which is funny that they, they <laughs> I used the flux capacitor for, um, so that <laughs> right. was it was great. a long story. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really I really liked the way that they they used the character to talk about all of these themes about, you know, becoming the person that everybody told you that you should be. And that person ended up actually becoming somebody that people didn't really like as much, you know, and also being the person that really, in the end, only thought about themselves. Right. Like he cut himself off from it from mm -hmm. everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. But I also, you know, part of that was Rex's perspective, right? Like he thinks everybody abandoned him when mm -hmm. he's under the dryer. But that's not really what happened, you know? And so I, I think Rex is a good case in the movie, especially for parents and kids to be able to talk about, like how we choose to react to our situation is who we are going to be and yep. nobody can make us become bad or choose the wrong thing we make that decision you know mm -hmm. so whether or not somebody does something to me the way i react to that person is is under my control they don't have anything to do with it you know nobody can force me to become anything I choose to become something. And so I think that was, it was really interesting because, you know, Rex chooses basically to turn his back on everybody 
and just focus on him. And that's really all that matters. And so it becomes about the way we choose to view what's happened to us. Do we allow that to make us cynical people and jaded people? Or do we allow um, for, you know, grace to happen? And I think, you know, we totally see Rex being somebody who doesn't really kind of believe in a world that deserves any grace or anybody else deserves any grace. No, you just, it's cut and dry. I'm here for me. Right. Like you've wronged him and you're done forever. (laughs) And it, I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you were saying about it's how you look at it and that you can only control yourself and that it, i thought it was cool too the way that they handled Lucy in that way controlling her own life and her growing up because it even though it was a little dramatic the reveal that she used to be one of the pop stars making the song everything is awesome I thought that it was nice that they at first introduce you to her idea about it being well it's okay that we liked that stuff when we were younger Emmett but we have to grow up But it's actually just that she is not okay with her own past and she eventually gets to where she's okay with it and says, you know what, that's a part of who I am and that's okay. And I can still like it if I want to, but it is where I came from and I can't change that now in the future. So I I thought that that was nice to it. You know, again, that it's all in how you look at it Um, and, and then it can help you continue to grow as you get older. Well, and and I think there's a real danger, too, because, you know, uh, by denying part of of our past or who we are like that, it you know, it there's a harm in that to us. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I think that the, the movie does a very good job uh, of saying that, you know, by growing up doesn't mean that we have to become cynical um people who throw away all things that we thought were fun when we were younger. Um, that, that doesn't, that doesn't have to be what growing up means, you know, mm-hmm. we can still grow up to be people who, yes, we become more adult. We have, we'll have more adult responsibilities, but the way that we then look at the world and treat others around us, um, doesn't have to be in a way that pushes others away. Um, it can be in a way that brings people together. And, you know, that's kind of the other part of, of the end of everything's not awesome, which is, you know, everything is better when we stick together. You know, that right. we need each other. And that's the whole thing that was really nice to watch, you know, brother and sister then come together at the end and, and find a new normal for them. You know, based on the fact that, you know, and I think this is an interesting thing, too, is like accepting your siblings as you grow older, because, you know, yes, your younger sibling is always going to be younger than you. But as you get older, that becomes less and less important, you know, and Mm -hmm. they can actually be a person that you can lean on and it can be a person that you can... um, spend time with and learn something from and enjoy spending time together, especially as you get older, because, you know, they have their own unique experiences to bring in and everything. I just really appreciate, 
I, I thought that that was really well done. And you get that with the Lucy and Rex character, I think, very well, kind of showing the both sides of where Finn is and um, then showing where he moves to once um, the movie ends. So I, I really, I appreciated mm-hmm. that. So, And I will say, I did learn several important lessons. One is that we don't ever need to grow out of pop music. It is okay if I still love the Spice Girls at 31 years old. I don't care what anybody says. And Do B, don't be leave Legos daughter. on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> not leave Legos on the floor, no. I, I um, having been a person who had Legos out in their room growing up, I have many a time stepped on a Lego and it is... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know if it's worse than childbirth or comparable, but it does, yeah, it does not. It's pretty horrible. Good. Especially when you're not expecting it. I think that's the thing that's the worst, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you think of Queen Whatever Wananabe? Whatever uh, I Wanabe? Mm-hmm. The be- she can be whatever she wants to be? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. She's, she's a shape-shifting alien, so. I thought it was perfect because... Also, as a little girl playing with my toys, I did love that even if it was an inflated sense of self that my mom told me I could be whatever I wanted to be, even if maybe it wasn't true, I think we can still find a way of encouraging kids maybe without being unrealistic about it. Um, And so I think that's where that came from within his sister. And then also, I, I did love the fact that it wasn't one particular doll or something like that that it was a lego because she got the inspiration from her brother and her dad and that it was constantly changing because she liked a lot of different things and although she wanted it to be in quote-unquote usually girly colors like pink and yellow and stuff um that it um could shapeshift into a horse or a scary octopus thing (laughs) That was funny. Um, and could marry Batman if she wanted to. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that they, the way that they played that character was really funny because, of course, you know, you get to the Sistar system and mm-hmm. she's singing this song where everything does feel awful, like she is truly going to be the evil person. Right. And- it's like you're protesting too much that you're not evil. <laughs> Yes, it was great. And like I loved that that I mean one I I I loved they were like oh no, we're in a musical and that there <laughs> were songs like this and it was very very funny because of course yes, she is protesting and and the language used is how I oh I'm not this, oh I'm not that, you know, like and they're all like evil things. Um and so they really play it up as if she is going to be the evil character. And then, like you said, in the end, it turns out that, no, she's a representation of the sister wanting to bring things together, you know, and that, right. you know, by whatever Anavi marrying Batman, that that the worlds would, you know, collide. And I thought that was really funny. I also loved her song of, of about how she tricks Batman into wanting to marry her by telling... Oh, yeah, just not into Gotham City, guys. Yeah, just not into Gotham City, guys, um, which was very clever. I mean, the best way to make Batman want to do something in this universe is is tell him how he's not as cool as Superman, basically, which right. was great. <laughs> Um, 
it was what I did think was interesting in the movie and somewhat where it's like the themes didn't completely connect is the way in which they show all the characters who had gone to the Sistar system being almost like brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And that's where the disconnect came, I felt like, thematically, where it didn't quite all add up because there was almost this thing where it's like they were trying to say that, you know, all of these, like, conformist pop music, like, those kind of things are like make you be one way. And I I didn't know uh, that part is the part that just didn't quite work for me. I agree, especially the scene where they have the planet sparkles with the whole joke about Twilight. Essentially, it was a vampire mm-hmm. that sparkles and he likes to talk about feelings and wears women's jeans. But I feel like they're saying, though, through the way that they use their language that if you like those things that's bad or that's stupid or that's something that only little girls are into is kind of mean um and i think they maybe could have done it in a different way to be funny but not hurtful to people that happen to like those things just because i don't like it doesn't mean that my neighbor doesn't so i I did feel like that didn't really gel right for me but I do also get what you're saying, that it it didn't fit with the rest of the story. The brother and sister trying to get along or explaining why maybe they would want you to think that they're being brainwashed and they're actually not. Maybe it had to do with Finn not being able to see that the sister just wanted to bring them together peacefully, as she said. Um, but... Yeah, it just didn't really fit with anything else happening in the movie. Yeah, I I think you might have put your finger on it in that that that's a representation of that it's a that it is a representation of what Finn is like rejecting. So mm-hmm. so it's 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 kind of it's a representation of the things he's trying to let go of, which is all the things he doesn't think are cool and therefore he kind of sees it as being like, oh, no, I'm not into that, like, conformist, like, you know, I don't love that type of pop music, you know, that that, that, that represents. Whereas that isn't exact, that's not exactly, that's actually a misrepresentation of what happened, which is where I think Rex and Finn, they read the situations wrong because, in the end, they see things incorrectly because they actually haven't had a conversation with mm-hmm. those people, you know. And so um, their perception of the events is not actually correct. So maybe that's what the brainwashing thing was about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that that might be what they're going for. Um, I wish that I, I still wish that I feel like it kind of flowed better in that. And part of what you said, I think, from the first Lego movie, I kind of noticed in this Lego movie was that sometimes I felt like the movie was kind of all so all over the place that they they still hadn't found a way to be able to focus enough. 
Like this movie right. is kind of all ADD and it, it they still weren't able to focus enough to truly have the themes blossom in the way that they they could have if there was just a wee bit more focus. Yeah, I think definitely um when they go to the Sistar system is when it kind of falls apart for 20 minutes to me until they finally get to um, when you think it's the end of the movie. You know, they even have that sort of beginning credit scene come up and say end. And I actually thought to myself, no way are they going to end it on such a down note. (laughs) But then they bring it back. And that's when they throw in that song. Everything is not awesome. And it brought everything together finally, but it it definitely gets confusing when you're going back and forth between all these different points. It gets to where you're trying to be able to decipher what is the point here because there's too many. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with you. I really I I think, I, you know, I mean, I like that we we're basically trying to get to a point in the film, which is to say. Like what you like. It's okay to like what you like, no matter what age you are, you know. So, you know, whether that means that you like the Spice Girls still or you still mm-hmm. enjoy Legos or, you know, you still like Star Wars or, you know, what whatever it is, it's it's okay to like the things you like. It's also okay to, to not like the things you don't like, you know. Like th- th- this is a movie that's just trying to say, but let's, we, we don't have to be mean towards people because they like things we don't like. You know, like I, I thought that was something right. that was really uh, a good point to the film and, and and part of that whole message. So there's some really fun cameos that we get in the movie. Um, I have a favorite. Do you have a favorite? Uh, Bruce Willis is yes. my favorite. <laughs> I mean, absolutely 100% the best thing. It may be the best thing in the movie. I mean, the crawling through the air ducts was great. Yes. Hey, are you Bruce Willis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really live here. But <laughs> yeah, like it was, and the fact that they got a Bruce Willis to actually do it was just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think that you couldn't have done it if you didn't have the actual Bruce Willis voice. If you're talking about him, but it it was totally out of left field. I mean, I. Of course, I guess in the first one we didn't expect to see Lando and Han. Yeah, but that's true. It, yeah, I definitely did not expect then for Bruce Willis to be in this one. Maybe they thought with the timing of Glass being around the same time that it was a good time to bring Bruce Willis in. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I mean, <laughs> that um, was I think the the best the best cameo. I mean, we got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which was funny. But, I mean, yeah, wasn't quite as funny as Bruce Willis. <laughs> well, and my thing is, even if you like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's just kind of in vogue right now it, it, and everywhere. So it felt like a, a cheap thing to include that we've seen before lately. Not that I don't like her, but um, I, I thought that that was kind of a, eh, I've seen that cameo before. But I, I thought it was great to have Superman and Green Lantern back. Yeah, <laughs> and especially having the same actors doing the voices, that was that was great. Um, that and um, I don't know, but I really enjoyed Larry Poppins. So <laughs> I don't remember Larry Poppins. Um, well, he's he's in the cave, um, 
and uh, he a, a spoonful of salt actually is what really supposedly helps the medicine go down with Larry Potter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and they were actually going to do Larry Potter, but they decided that they might really upset Harry Potter fans by by doing that, so they just went with Larry Poppins instead. So yeah, either one's fine. It was yeah, it was a really it was a really small thing. Um, yeah, I just uh. There, the some of those little cameos were really funny, and and Bruce Willis, like I want that minifigure now, like I just I want that, and I couldn't find uh, a Bruce Willis minifigure in any of the Lego Movie two sets, which I was disappointed in. So oh, I need to look and see what sets they came out with then, because that would be cool to see. Yeah, I'm so I'm looking, and hopefully they will come out with a Bruce Willis minifigure, because if they don't, I think it's a travesty. Yeah, well, so. it. I would really like one of the um, general. I thought was the coolest looking figure oh. because of the wings and the helmet. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. You know, because uh, by putting those characters, you know, you brought the Lego friends, you know, uh, characters together with you know normal Legos, and having mm-hmm. her be there was was pretty fun. Um, and I did think it was it was funny because when she took her helmet off, it was almost like she was a craw. She almost felt Harley Quinnish with her right, makeup yeah, and to her me too, like pigtails. Suicide Squad. Yeah, and uh, I think they also too go to a Polly Pocket Village. Oh, really? Yeah, it, there was one point where they're in a neighborhood, and um, I I think it's all like the new version of Polly Pocket because for me personally, that was a travesty because the original Polly Pocket was actually pocket size. She was, you know, maybe a centimeter tall and the new ones are like the size of half a Barbie. I have not seen those in the store. Huh? Yeah. You'll have to see sometime, but I, you know, it's one of those things you notice, I guess if you played with them more. Yeah. I never, obviously I never played with Polly Pocket. So really, um, yeah, not my thing. <laughs> so, um, what did you think about? I mean, this this movie had a lot of songs in it. So, what did you think about all the new music? I think the best one was "Just Not Into Gotham City," guys, because I'm still singing it in my head. Just not into Gotham City, guys. Um, so I think um, if Tiffany Haddish really sang that one too, that she was really great. But um, that one, and then the credit song. I actually stayed to watch the credits because yes. they made them so interesting, both visually they were and super musically. Super cool. Yeah. I, no, I I heartily agree. The fact that they had Beck singing with Robin and Lonely Island, uh, doing the credits was hilarious. Um, and not only yeah. that, but they were kind of making fun of the credits. You know, like, oh, this guy's my favorite. You know editor and that right? kind of stuff like producers yeah. wow <laughs> yes which is kind of what um you know i mean i've sat there before in the credits and been like you just pull out a random name oh i love that guy you know or so yeah i thought that was really funny i thought it was interesting that they took like i'm not sure if you could make a song that could probably be more obnoxious for parents than everything is awesome but then you made catchy song and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they did it. So I feel really sorry for parents who 
you know, their kids are going to want to listen to the soundtrack a million times and they get to catchy song and it is. That's the one that says this one will get stuck mm-hmm. in your head. The song's going to get stuck inside your head. Um, so, I, yeah, I really do. I, I feel sorry for parents. So, But it's hilarious that they used those words in that kind of song, it, that it is getting stuck in your head while they're saying it'll get stuck in your head. I, I loved the um, back and forth with that. But I, yeah. I definitely wanted to throw out with the music as well. I'm glad that you mentioned Lonely Island, but I was so excited when I saw that a comedian I like named John LaJoye was one of the people working on the music for this movie. And um, he actually, if no one has heard of them, I'm sure heard of him. Sorry. I'm sure a lot of you have, but he was a character on the TV show, the league named Taco MacArthur. And so suddenly in this movie, Taco Tuesday made so much sense to me. Nice. So I, I think that's why they threw it in there. But yeah, basically, his character on the league was called Taco partially because he's just this strange person who never really has a real job. He kind of mooches off everybody and no one knows how he got the name, but everyone just calls him Taco. And so I thought that was so fitting. (laughs) That is funny. I thought they did a really good job of having the movie have more songs like this kind of turn it into that that musical format in some places um and i think my favorite songs from the movie were probably i really enjoyed not evil i thought that was really clever oh yeah um and everything's not op- awesome and then yeah that song closing out the credits super cool was just really funny and, and it, yeah i thought it was a really enjoyable way to make people want to stay and watch the credits so if we were going to rate the Lego movie, what where did you come down on this one, did you think? I kind of felt the same as I did for the first Lego movie. So I still would give it a 7 out of 10 queen whatever I want to be. Nice. Or wannabe. <laughs> I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, <laughs> because I it felt like it still took a long time to get to the meat of the point. And in the middle, I mean, I almost fell asleep at the middle of this movie because it got a little too crazy for me to keep up with where it was going. Um, But it still had really great new music and not just one song like the first movie. So maybe even I would give it a seven and a half. But it... um, it was catchy in a good way. It still had a really good message. It had something that I think that even little kids could take away from it and possibly make different decisions than they would um, in dealing with their siblings now after seeing that movie. I'll have to ask my sister, though, and see if it really made a dent. <laughs> so, it, But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I think it's a movie that I, re- I did really enjoy. I think there was enough that was different about this one than the first one that made it fun to watch. Um, I do think, you know, I I think you would really called out in the first movie, the fact that, you know, there is kind of a schizophrenia about this that just kind of never went away. And it is a little bit frustrating that they didn't, maybe find a way to just focus just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I feel like th- there's a lot of themes in here that we talked about, 
but none of them are as coherent as I think they could have been if they've just spent just a, a bit more time to focus. Um, and, you know, again, I, I really enjoy the Lego movies. I think they're a lot of fun. And I this is a great addition to the Lego movie franchise. Um, I, I would probably give this... Um, you know, I think this is good 7 out of 10. I think you're right there on target with that. I think this is 7 out of 10 talking ice cream cones. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, I did enjoy it. But I can say, honestly, kind of looking forward, I don't know if I need a, n- any more Lego movies. I feel like... It's funny, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> going, I, I think that we're just trying to push it for money. I don't, I just don't see there being a need to do any more of these um and i don't think i don't think you're going to be able to pull off another toy story 3 where it's like possibly the best movie so far you know i just don't see that happening yeah and i think that this one left off in a place where the story really wrapped up well and you don't need to add another piece to it you know i mean it would just feel exactly like what you said that it was trying to get money if they suddenly go and wait you didn't realize they had another younger sister or brother or cousin that comes to visit like they're a Sid or something so yeah I, I think that we can stop here if they make more I'm gonna feel like this is the land before time situation and we're never going to get out of this loop <laughs> yes yes great movie but i can't go back to it because i'll cry yeah no i i agree so i am i had a lot of fun getting a a chance to one just see the movie i i do i will say this i wish i had gotten to see it again before we gotten a chance to talk about it because there is so much that's going on i think that would have definitely helped uh but i did not so otherwise a blast as always to get to talk about uh, a movie with you so thankful for our associate producers here through Patreon, Ken Tripp, Davis Grayson, Ryan Millette, and Daniel Noah for supporting us here on the 602 Club and the network through Patreon. Uh, this is a huge network, and there's no way that we can possibly do this without your help. Uh, and patreon.com slash trekfm is the place that you can go to support the network each and every month to make sure that all of the content coming to you for Trek FM comes to you Uh Every little bit helps. We've got some great contribution levels as well that come with extra perks. Again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm. Christy, if anybody wants to catch up with you online, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at bestbenbell, B-E-L-L-E. And I'm also, of course, in the Babel Conference if you want to discuss any of the episodes of 602. And I have just started doing a monthly segment for the Star Wars Report podcast with our friends Riley and Bruce. Um, Monthly, I'll be doing a five-minute Star Wars fashion update. So. Yeah, and so that'll be for both men and women, so don't feel like anybody's excluded. Um, So I hope you'll check that out, too. Well, and you can find me on Twitter, MattRushing02, Instagram, and Letterboxd under that same name. Uh, You can find me here on the network doing The Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Then I'm over on the Nerd Party Network talking about a couple things. One is Harry Potter over on Owlpost, where I'm talking uh, one chapter at a time through the series Harry Potter with Drea Kaufman. It's a lot of fun. 
doing aggressive negotiations with John Mills as we're talking about Star Wars every week. We just pick a topic from the wars that we've been thinking about and discuss that. It is a blast. So if you like Star Wars, it's the place for you. And then last but not least, Cinema Stories that I do with Courtney is back this year. And that is where we talk about films, but through the lens of faith. Thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? Thank you.